0: Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host, joined today by Inside Texas' Justin Wells. Uh, Justin, uh, you know, we're looking at it. Uh, interesting Monday, a big weekend of sports, of course. Uh, what are what are your first initial thoughts of what you saw for the Longhorns on Saturday uh, against West Virginia? I mean, it was just
1: a con- complete annihilation. That's, that's a good way to start, Bobby. Uh, Texas basketball, number five in the country. Uh, just came off a really tough road stretch, splits, splitting games with Kansas State and Kansas. Wanted to get back in that win column. Good way to do that was hosting uh, the Huggy Bears and, and West Virginia Mountaineers. I have to say, you know, West Virginia is a solid team. Now, they're not up in that top group where they used to be in the Big 12, but it's still, they play hard. Bobby Huggins' teams always play hard, and, and, and I think that was a big a big point. But, Bobby, I felt like this was one of their more complete games. I felt like, from an offensive standpoint, a defensive standpoint, turnovers, rebounds, they were just a little bit better than West Virginia in every category. And at this point in the season, Bobby, that's what you want to see from your your college team. You're you're you're, you're into the, getting into the middle of February, you know, heading up into the early parts of March. And these are games, that, you know, the tough ones. They're going to go back and forth. You might win one by one. You might lose one by two. The West Virginia games, you need to win. You need to win convincingly, especially going to Lubbock on Monday night to face a pretty ferocious uh, Red Raider crowd at at Texas Tech. I thought this was one of those, hey, focus on the moment. Make sure you take care of business now. And this team is showing some of that maturity, Bobby. They're showing that, hey, they can take a lump and get back right back on the horse and and go back to focus. Give Rodney Terry a lot of credit, Bobby. This was probably one of their more complete wins. And I believe there's only two teams – With quality one wins in all of college basketball, they have 10. Kansas and Texas.
0: Yeah, and I I tell you what, they're they're playing really good brand of ball. I want to talk a little bit more about it. But first, we need to say thanks to our sponsor, Laura Baker. Uh, Each episode of the Roundup is brought to you by Laura Baker. Uh, Laura is an accomplished Austin realtor. Uh, Laura and the Andy Allen team at Keller Williams can handle all of your real estate needs in and around the Austin area. Uh, Laura is not only a diehard Longhorn fan. But a long-time Austin real estate expert, uh, we appreciate her sponsorship here. Justin, I, I want to go back to this. Uh, I, I mentioned on Sunday at, on Inside Texas uh, about exactly some of the things I thought they were the team was doing better as yeah. the, as the team was moving forward. One of them, they were from the free throw last night, uh, from the free throw on Saturday. Excuse me, they were 24 of 25. They did not miss a free throw <laughs> until four minutes to go in the game. I mean, yeah. at any level, that's a recipe for winning basketball. That's that. So that's number one. Number two is they've got a they've got three guys that are leading the team right now: Marcus Carr, Sir Jabari Rice, and Timmy Allen. Everybody else has has a role. And Brock Cunningham, Dylan DeSue, and Christian Bishop are playing well inside. Then you have what have become bit players: Tyrese, not not bit player, but more role players, Tyrese Hunter, Dylan Mitchell, Arterio Morris, and those guys. Um, I, I feel like they, they they know who they are now, which and an identity is so important when you're coming into the NCAA tournament that you can't get anywhere without it, basically.
1: No, no, no. I, I, Bobby, you yeah. listen, finding the identity, especially in basketball, is imperative to success every year. And, and sometimes programs don't figure that out. Sometimes you don't have the collection of players that are selfless enough, like a Tyrese Hunter taking a role spot, you know, uh, a Christian Bishop taking a role spot. These are guys that were, you know, the main guys when they were with other teams. And so the unselfishness I think is big. And I think that's a lot of Rodney Terry. You know, I, I think any of that leftover defensive intensity, I think is still kind of the Chris Beard footprint. But from the offensive standpoint and the flow and, and guys finding their role, I think that's a lot of Coach Terry's bit. It's funny. Uh, Joe Cook, our our, uh, our managing editor, he was covering the game yesterday, and he tweeted Texas was 24-24 from the line. And you had to know as soon as he tweeted that, they were going to miss one. And by God. And so I'm not blaming Joe directly, but we've had words. We had words yesterday evening. And so, but listen. Texas, 24 from 24 from the line. Like you said, that's winning basketball at any level. If you get that in middle school, buddy, you've got something. You get that in high school, you're winning games and, and, and so on and so forth. And I think this team, I love I love that, that observation. They, they know their identity. Their roles are being filled. And what a good time with the final stretch of the Big 12 Conference, Big 12 tournament coming up, and then the big dance in March, which is going to be really big for this team.
0: Yeah, you talk about that later tonight. Uh, the Longhorns go to Lubbock. I don't. I, I think it's going to be a nasty crowd. That the recent announcement of the SEC is going to be partially the reason because it's so nasty, uh, right? Uh, but also, I I, I think there's going to be a little bit less of it because Chris Beard's not in tow. You know, yeah. you can only hate the team so much. Well, they uh,
1: love tech. They hate Texas. As I a passion know. Don't get me that. wrong. Don't yeah.
0: get me wrong. I know that, and you know that. My point being, though, for for you, Justin, is um, I, I feel like Texas is in a scenario right now where if they if they just um, get there, keep playing their brand of ball. Tech is coming off a big win over the weekend. Uh, the Red Raiders, I you know they they did pretty well. They beat uh, a Kansas State team that Texas had problems with. Uh, did end up winning, but they they beat them at home uh, in Lubbock, seventy-one to sixty-three. Uh, on Saturday, so I I feel like this is going to be a little bit tougher game, maybe than Texas would have thought a week ago. Uh, at the same time, I'm looking at a team uh, that just you know put one over on on West Virginia. To your point, not necessarily the normal West Virginia team, but Bob Huggins is a Hall of Fame ba- college basketball coach.
1: Oh, no question. The, from what he's did, from what he's done at, at Cincinnati, and And lots of places, I want to say, yeah, in West Virginia and Kansas State. And, hey, I'm a big fan of Bobby Huggins. I've actually met Coach Huggins. He used to put a flag in East Texas for junior college recruiting. Yeah, Nick Nick Van Epsen was him. In Trinity Valley. He came through Kilgore College, Tyler Junior College, Trinity Valley, San Jacinto, uh, Panola College, Angelina, all guys that were on our schedule when I was playing juco ball. Huggins came through and, and he had no problem taking some of those kids, taking them. To, he loved recruiting Texas. Some of his better teams, Kenyon Martin out of Dallas, Texas. You know, some of his better guys were, were from the Lone Star State. And so Huggins is a guy that he's got stripes on the wall.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting because Mark Adams's team in Lubbock uh, had had been floundering uh, to some level uh, in, uh, in conference play. But uh, the win against Kansas State, certainly a, a wake-up call for those visiting Lubbock. Uh, uh, especially the Longhorns uh, later tonight. It's one of those games that Texas, uh, to continue to lead the Big 12, first in the Big 12 right now, uh, needs to uh, come away with a win. All right, I want to go move on from basketball uh, for a little bit, Justin, and talk a little bit about recruiting because Friday night uh, you were up and watching Waco Connolly uh, play basketball uh, and you saw not only Jelani McDonald, but some other prospects there. Uh, I saw some of the tweets that you put up with McDonald dunking the ball, and he he looks like he could play
1: college basketball if he wanted to. <laughs> Jelani is good at everything. I swear to God, since I met this kid in August, he is good at football, basketball, track and field. Hell, I bet he's good at baseball and soccer. John is just a good great athlete. About 6'3", 200, 205 pounds, comes off the floor pretty effortlessly. Um, it was good to see him because – you know, Conley's got a really good team this year. I believe they're 27, 28, and 4. Uh, Coach Snell, Quentin Snell, who's, who's a wonderful, wonderful help in, in, in recruiting, he just won his 500th game on Friday night. So he's got a great program there in Conley, and Jelani McDonald is the, is the alpha. That guy, it, it's not just the dunking and the high-flying. It's the rebounding. It's the Euro step. It's the ball handling. It's the passing. He grew up a basketball player. You can tell this kid has it in his veins. And, and I love how the that, that athleticism translates in football because, one, he's a super competitor. Two, I think he could play multiple spots on defense, Bobby. I think he could play some outside linebacker. I think he could play some safety. He's one of those kids you just get on campus and you figure it out. Jelani had a great game. It was great to catch up with him. Uh, also caught up with on three number two cornerback in the, in, in the nation for 2024, Kobe Black. Got to hang out with his father and his family for a little bit on Friday night. Kobe's in a great spot. I think Texas continues to, to, to build there. I asked him, you know, first thing I asked was, you know, Texas to, to the SEC in 2024, it's official. You know, what are your thoughts? And his his face just lit up. And he's like, man, that's really big. Are you, are you finding, let me
0: interrupt you here real quick. Are you finding that that's the, the, the guaranteedness of that uh, or the guarantee of uh, moving to the SEC at a certain time is resonating with any recruits?
1: I I think – I don't know how – I think they like having clarity. I think their parents like having some clarity. And at the end of the day, Bobby, I really don't think it matters what conference. I know that sounds silly. Fans put way more into it than these actual players do. But no one, instead of assuming it could be the next two years or they're talking about a buyout maybe in two years, now they know. Now there's no riffing and raffing. It's it's boom. You're going to start in 2024. And I think that 24 cycle understands they're going to be the first cycle in the SEC. And it, that actually it seems to have kind of an impression on these guys. I talked to a couple of 2025s last week about it and they're excited about it. But the 2024 is aware that, you know, they're they're being looked at as you're the first class at Texas in the SEC. I think there's something to that. How much? It, it, it's hard to measure right now. We have to get through this recruiting cycle, top to bottom. But it's made an impression on Kobe Black, and and that's what Texas wanted to do. They they're prioritizing the six foot one, 190 five, hundred ninety pound corner. This kid has a wingspan like Kevin Durant, uber athletic. His dad played quarterback at Kansas State with Michael Bishop under Bill Schneider. He's got some great stories. His brother is a uh, Corey Black is a cornerback at Oklahoma State. It's in their veins, man. It's just they're just good athletes. But he, Kobe, was excited about it. You know, I think I've been I've, I've had some indifference from most from a lot of kids, but Kobe seemed to think, "Look, that's huge." He goes, "Now we know when they'll be there." And yeah, I, I think
0: I've, I think it's going to be one of those situations where you don't know what it's going to mean to who and and to whom. I mean, some kids it could matter, and some guys could care less.
1: You just but, have to ask them. You have to yeah, it and that, you have to find out.
0: Yeah, but if there's, I mean, the, the reality of it is if there's five to ten a year, that's that's significant when your recruiting class is 20 to 25. Absolutely. Um,
1: and so uh, that those are significant numbers. Uh, Kobe's not, also a pretty good jump shooter. I want to make sure people know that he doesn't have the explosiveness or the size of Jelani. But man, he's a good shooter. He's a great defender. That's a good team. And I'm actually going to go catch him again in the next few weeks when the playoffs start. Gotcha.
0: Um, Anything else uh, really happening right now in recruiting uh, before we turn to some team news that
1: I want to hit on? Not too much. We've seen a few new offers go out. Uh, Converse Judson, Corner, Miles Davis picked one up recently. Um, You know, I, I think we're in the stage now where it's kind of a lull. Uh, you're not going to have as many uh, on-campus guys until March. I think that's when you'll see more recruiting. Late February, or early March, Texas is going to host a handful of recruits on a couple weekends there once spring ball starts. I think it'll pick up a little bit there. Uh, we're going to have some nuggets in the scoop that, that people hopefully read this morning, and, and and we'll have some updates from that standpoint. But right now, it's kind of a, a wait and see. It's just it's, a lot of kids are, are in either offseason or they're in basketball uh, it's just a lot of other stuff going on right now. And so, uh, I think we'll see more of that as time goes on.
0: One of the things that, uh, um, Eric Nolene wrote on Sunday inside Texas, I thought was interesting. A little bit of a uh, team updates, uh, Chris Jackson, the, the, uh, receivers coach, uh, at least at first blush is getting some positive feedback. Uh, you're, you guys are getting some positive feedback from within the team about his arrival. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. About which guy? Chris Jackson, the the new coach,
1: man, listen, there are sources that you go to for information. And then there are sources that come to you with information. Chris, people have come to me with stuff about Chris Jackson. Uh, The the main point I've heard and, you know, not disparaging Brennan Marion in any in any stretch. But the main the main the main quote is we needed this This is a guy that brings NFL experience. And if you're talking uh, to sources close to the team, especially wide receivers, this is something they wanted. You know, they liked Coach Marion. They they liked his personality and and his go-go offense. But Chris Jackson, he's a little more quiet. He's a little more reserved, and he's a lot more serious. He is not a guy that's going to jump on social media and tweet a bunch of stuff about looking for dogs. He's going to work in silence. He's going to work, you know, the fact that he called Taz Williams, wide receiver at a Red Oak 2025 prospect, Alabama offer, Georgia offer. The fact he called him on the first first day of the job resonated with Taz. He told me that and his dad told me that Micah Hudson first day on the job. What's he do? He goes to see Micah Hudson. That's number one priority on that list. So he goes and sees Micah Hudson. So in Ja'Kyle Baker, he's already had a conversation with the Brownsboro uh, three-star receiver who's probably going to be bumped to a four in the next six months. And so Chris Jackson's doing what he needs to do from the recruiting side, which is kind of getting to know these guys early, start to build that relationship, not put too much on them too far. But from a team standpoint, uh, this guy has come in and he's business savvy. He's professional. And when you've had a guy that's worked in the NFL for the last 10 years, that's going to be kind of their MO. That's what they're used to. And if you ask a lot of these guys, these young these young receivers that are involved, they'll tell you, hey, you know, the guys close to those kids will tell you, look, we love Coach Jackson. This guy is serious. And the number one thing, he can tell us exactly what we need to do to get to the league.
0: Yeah. Um, other other notes, injury notes, it sounds like uh, Isaiah Nayor still coming along. Uh may or may not be ready for spring. They may be, he may be a guy wearing a green jersey in spring ball is what it sounds like. Connor Robertson and Cole Hudson, both progressing uh, from uh, off-season surgeries, but not expected to participate in spring. Neither is Jalen Gilbo, the, the uh, nickelback, uh, really the the guy that backed up Jede Barron for most of the year. He actually took a couple of starts away from Jaday early in the season. Uh, yeah. But uh, those guys are the really the only ones Right now that we're worried about injury, it's a fairly healthy team. They were fairly healthy again last year. Uh, but maybe the biggest news out of that uh, comment that, that Eric had uh, on, on uh, that you and Eric posted on Sunday um, was A.D. Mitchell and the Georgia transfer and just how much uh, he seems to be taking to uh, and being a part of uh, the, uh, the, the Texas roster and what he means to that receiver room.
1: You know, I, I think the quarterbacks are the happiest with AD Mitchell right now. I'm sure Chris Jackson's happy. I'm coach, I'm sure Sark is. There's probably a handful of receivers that may be happy, may not, because he may take some of their reps. But I know the quarterbacks are happy with him. This is a guy that they needed. He's got a lot of Isaiah Nayor. He's a lot of that outside long guy that can stretch the field, high point the ball. I think Mitchell brings credibility to that locker room. You know, we've seen some transfers come in that didn't have a team first minute Yeah, yeah, you guys,
0: you you and Eric both mentioned Ajay Hall and Jalil Billingsley as guys that just didn't necessarily, This you know, guy's improved the locker room.
1: AD Mitchell, if you've got Hall and Billingsley on one side of the spectrum, Mitchell's completely on the other. This guy's bringing two t- national title rings with him. He's also bringing a professional mentality because he really wants to play in the NFL. He feels like that's his next step. And the fact that he came in when Chris Jackson did, might wind up being a really good marriage. Uh, But Mitchell, that's the biggest thing. The quarterbacks love him. If a quarterback calls him and says, hey, let's go throw some at DKR, he shows up and he's there, and that's happened. And you know what? That's, That's how you build. That's how you win games in September is work in February. That's just the way that works. And this group seems to have a pretty good keen idea of who they are right now, I know the leaders are, are starting to come out and format more organically, but just from talent standpoint, you've got to give Sark and these guys so much credit. And A.D. Mitchell is, is starting to prove a lot of kids, a lot of guys wrong. He just wanted a fresh start. He know he knows what it takes to win at that level. He's not coming in with an arrogant, egotistical mindset that, hey, watch me, I know what I'm doing. He's coming in to learn. He loves that Sark wants to go spread and wants to go vertical and, and, and him get more targets because he didn't have a ton at Georgia and now with him and Xavier Worthy and Jordan Whittington and, 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 you know, bringing in a John Cook, I I think that that room is just so much better. And from what we've heard early on, A.D. Mitchell's one of the reasons why.
0: All right. Roundup is brought to you by uh, accomplished Austin realtor, Laura Baker, Laura and the Andy Allen team at Keller Williams can handle all of your real estate needs in and around the Austin area. Laura is not only a diehard Longhorn fan, uh, but a long-time Austin real estate expert, uh, Justin. Sure? I know you're talking to Rebel there in the background. He you was asking to... me something
1: earlier about something you said. I cleared it up.
0: <laughs> Justin, uh, we're about uh, we're about three weeks out from spring practice. I think it starts the first week of first week of March, March fourth or so. Uh, is there anything that that you're really looking for as you talk to guys in and around the program right now uh, and concerned with or? Uh, do you think that that we're seeing a little bit of uh, momentum in in a positive fashion uh, right now for Texas behind the scenes?
1: There's definitely a positive momentum with those guys. They they <laughs> 2022 left left a I wouldn't say a sour taste because they lost to Washington the Alamo Bowl, but it left them with an idea of what they could be. Especially you know they did a lot of stuff differently on offense against Washington, and, and Quinn Ewers has slimmed down and, and worked on his mechanics, and he's getting sharper. And so there's, 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 a, there's a momentum, a positive vibe throughout the place. I think right now there's just two questions. How do you replace the production on defense? How do you replace the DeMarvion Overshones and, and the Anthony Cooks and, and, and guys like, you know, uh, Moro Ajomos and Keandre Coburns, guys like that? now they got dogs coming up. There, there, there's guys ready to step up, but we got to figure out who they are. And we got to figure out if they're going to be able to do that. And then you got to replace the, the running back production from Bijan and Rashawn. And I think that's going to be fun to try to figure out, you know, if Jonathan Brooks is a one, if, if Cedric Baxter, how many, you know, how many carries and reps does he get on a, on a, on a, on a game-to-game basis? Keelan Robinson, how he's going to be utilized uh, in, in the spring and, and kind of get to see how he comes out. And so not a lot of questions, but more curiosity. In the past, it was, man, what's going to happen here? And, oh, I don't know about this. Now that the, the tone is different. It's, hey, they've got a few guys right here that could slide into Overstone's row. Is Mo Blackwell going to take that next step? Jalen Ford was the guy people were all questioning last year. Is Leona LaFowle, who's already at 225, is he, is he going to be ready to kind of back him up so he's ready to step up when Jalen gets drafted next, ne- next April? You know, there, there's a bunch of little questions, but, again, they're not so much – What's going to happen? It's, hey, they're curious because there's so many moving parts.
0: Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC.
1: If this bunch can, can hit stride with a very favorable schedule in 2023, Bobby, it's going to be a lot of fun this year.
0: Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. I, I, I felt nothing but positive uh, energy from that, uh, from the folks I've talked to. I just wanted to get a, another uh, ear on the ground, so to speak, and hear what you had to say as well. All right. Uh, that's Justin Wells of InsideTexas.com. This has been Roundup. Uh, on Texas football. Uh, good luck to the Longhorns tonight in Lubbock. Thank you for watching. For more videos on Texas football, recruiting and other sports, make sure you click the like button and subscribe
1: to the channel to get the very latest updates. Thank you for watching again and hook hook 'em.